it is time for the word. So as we stand to our feet to welcome our apostle to the church for the word. Bless the Lord. How we doing today? Amen. Blessed and highly favored. Anyone in the house? Hallelujah. Y'all awake on this rainy day? Mm -hmm. I saw the uh, Esther play go by and it was kind of like out of sync with what Minister Angela was doing. Is the play booked? Is it all done? It's all full. Seats are done. How many do you have going? About 46 going. Come on, y'all. Pennsylvania, right? Amen. I was thinking this morning with, with all this stuff with COVID, how come we never heard about the Amish community being taken out by COVID? Very interesting, but I'm going to leave it alone because y'all know I'm an apostle and my, my mandate is against other gods and nations that they're trying to take over so I can take us a whole nother way today. But I'm going to be so nice because y'all want to go to a rainy day family outing. So bless God. You can take your seats. Make sure you greeted someone. You can bat your eyes. You can give them a smile. If they're open to it, you can do a little ear dap, a little elbow hit. Amen. So good to see everyone today. God is good, is he not? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. We're going to dig into some meat today. And I think it would be a very good day to do this since we are having a day of unity and a day of untos, together and togetherness. Amen? And um, I'm like Batman today. I have my untos t-shirt on underneath this one, so I'm ready. Together, right? Together. And I can imagine from times past, the little bit of stressors that something like this may have put on particular people, especially people that don't know how to work with people. Mm, let the church say amen. I can imagine some of the little tiffs and the little rips, and I haven't heard anything, and I shouldn't hear anything, because you all should be able to work it out amongst yourselves, but I can only imagine. So on a day like this, I want to just talk about, for maybe the next 45 minutes or so, I want to talk about offense. I'm going to talk about offense. I think we need to be reminded of the power of offense, the natural, chemical, psychological, biological, and spiritual power of offense. And why do we carry offense? I want to thank God again for our minstrels. Bless the Lord for these anointed, saved men of God. And I see Phil in the house today. God bless you, sir. Cam's dad. Come on, y'all, let's give it to Cam, our drummer's dad. Come on, honor, 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 honor. Come on, I'm an OG. Y'all better honor the OGs when they come in this house. All this millennial generation Xers and generation OGs, y'all need us. You can't do much of anything without us. We are the GPS because we already have the story that you're trying to gain. Amen. You better not throw us away. We're capital. 
Yes, when I studied this new generational move that we have going on and how some churches are trying to throw out, they don't know what to do with their senior citizens and all, and this guy wrote a very good blog, and he said, your OGs, that wasn't his term, that's mine, they are our capital in our families. They are our wisdom in the church. They are our wisdom. So don't leave home without us. You need us. Come on, I want to hear it. I need you. Amen. That's right. He God called the young because you're strong. Why do he call the OGs? Because of what? Because they know the way. You better find you an OG to hang around every once in a while. Look at Reverend Jerry in the back. That's right. They know the way. And isn't he the one that got up here this morning and said you lost because you don't ask? Find you an OG in your life. Warren Buffett said there's five people that you ought to have in your circle, and I'm going to make it six, an OG. You need to have somebody that has some kind of history, some kind of experience, wisdom, because they what? All right, I'm done preaching. We can go on to the picnic. Joy moving because she wanted that fried hot dog burnt just enough. Somebody was ranking that online the other day, like, what is a cook out without some fried hot dogs burnt just enough. Anybody like those? Let me see the hands. You know, Carmen, I never did ever, ever, ever until it was the last thing in the house that I was able to cook one day and I smoked that kitchen up. I burnt that hot dog and I was like, I'm eating this thing because I refuse to eat ramen noodles. I do not eat those things. All that sodium and all that. So I said, I'm just going to eat hot dogs. I don't like hot dogs. I burnt that thing up just a lot. Been in love with burnt hot dogs ever since. Ever since. Now don't boil me a hot dog. Don't give me no nude looking hot dog that you done grilled on. I want some marks on that bad boy. I want a hot dog that know the way. A hot dog that been burnt up a little bit that knows something about fire. <laughs> look, at the, look at the church folks. They ready. Preach about the hot dog. What scripture is that in? <laughs> We'll find one too. Hallelujah. All right, let's talk. Let's grab our Bibles or just whatever y'all use today. Because if you follow us, you're going to have a Bible. Mm -hmm. Let's just deal simply today with Proverbs 18 and 19. Proverbs 18 and 19. And the word reads, A brother offended... It's harder to be one than a strong city. Isn't that amazing? And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Let me read that again. A brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. I'm going to leave it at that for now. You can take your seats. Let's talk about it. How do you recognize when there is offense in your life, in your church, Booker already shaking his head, in your marriage, in your workplace? How do you recognize offense? Let me give you two very important words. No peace, no unity. Whenever there is offense, spirit of offense, there's no peace and there's no unity. And that includes the one that has the offense and the ones who are part of the projection coming from the offended. 
how to recognize it in your life? Chaos. Chaos is the bed partner to offense because there's no peace and no unity. The Bible says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to what? Dwell together in what? In unity, in love. It is like the precious ointment upon the head. Dwelling together in unity is compared to an anointing. You want to know where your anointing went? Check out your offense. Check out if there's chaos around you. Check out if there's no peace, no unity. It may not even be from you. It may be for someone that you're in covenant with or someone that you just think you're just hanging around with, someone that's, you know, they're just good for certain things in your life, you know? It's like the precious ointment, which means anointing, upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. That's how powerful it is. As the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, Psalms 133, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. That's how powerful the anointing is. It's compared to an ointment that runs down. It's a commanded blessing that's in the anointing of God. It was set from the beginning of beginnings. That anyone who was anointed would be commanded with the blessings of the Lord. So why am I anointed and not seeing the blessings of God? There's a danger to this. Let me read this to you. The power of unity is likened to the anointing. Just the power of unity. Can you, can you see why the devil really has to work at being such an adversary to keep division and anything that could give God power or glory? That's why sometimes we have to take the lower road with people because you're going to find out today how this is an entrapment and it can follow you. Jada thinks she had an entanglement. I'm talking about something bigger than her entanglement. I'm talking about something that would wrap itself around your children, your blessings, your promotions, your job. It can steal a legacy from you. People were saying on the news this morning about the poor young girl who was murdered in South Windsor that her legacy was stolen from her, that she had dreams and she had plans and her sister went to receive the degree that she worked hard for, stayed focused for, and received it but was not there to receive it. Her, her union, her legacy was stolen from her because of the spirit of offense. It's an offense, and this is a big spirit. And trust me, if you know anything spiritually, offense does not just disappear in the air. It looks for another person to follow on to. And if it's in the family, it's looking already for someone to follow on to into that family. And if the enemy would have it his way, it would already be trying to fall on someone's child, jumping off from one person to another. The spirit offense has to be recognized. You have to hate this spirit with everything in you because it will destroy legacies of people around you. You may not want to say things to people because you don't want to get them stirred up or I don't feel like arguing with them. It is your job to recognize as a minister of the gospel that there is offense on you. And you may need to sit down and take two or three seats 
Because where you go with that presence, where you go with that spirit, you are going to bring chaos and disunity. You're going to interrupt the peace that has been laid in that place. That's why every single person should not be given seats to the front row of your life. Some people are good for some reasons, but they need to be in the balcony. Everybody shouldn't be welcomed in your house. I don't know about y'all, but it takes a lot of work to clean a house. And I'm not talking about with a broom and a mop and some 409. I'm talking about spiritually cleaning your house. If you don't do it, you better get on it. And to bring someone in and you feel that spirit right away, it's like, man, I got to spend my whole day off doing a house cleansing now in this house. You come to my house, you're going to see oil on the windows from five years ago and new oil down on the side. This house is blessed. Get sick and get out of here if you can't handle a blessed atmosphere. Because the spirit offense, it brings sickness. It brings barrenness. And what's so hard about the spirit of offense is you could be right in your feelings, but when you allow your feelings to begin to change your heart and your heart become cold and waxed and bitter against people, then you begin to come with the spirit of entitlement where everybody owe you something because one person did something to you. You ever date someone who had mother or father problems? If they're not healed and therapy and counsel, they will have this whole attitude that everybody I run into owe me something. That's why I was talking yesterday in our last recovery class of those who believe that they were raised by mothers who were unable to love them or unable to emotionally affirm them. How important it is for you to do this work. Because before you get married, do this work on your soul, your heart, your mind, your emotions, because you think this person's going to come in and be the knight in shining armor on your life, and they're coming in trying to love you, and you are unlovable. Because offense lives in your life, and it might have came from your mammy or your grandmammy. It may have been passed down to you. You're just angry. You're just unruly. You're just mad, and you don't even know why. Everything you think that bothers you, you should speak about. And you just the, the Gestapo of the church and the dictator in the family. You're just the ruler of all rulers and the kings of all kings when it comes to legislating things. But there's no order in your life. Because where there is chaos, there is no order. There is no peace. There is no unity. But the Bible says, behold, how good and pleasant. Going to where we're going today, whether it was an ice storm, it should be good and pleasant. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for my children, for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like being anointed is what he's saying in the scripture. The danger is that the power of unity is likened to the anointing oil that touches not just the head, not just the leaders and ministers in a church, but goes all the way down to every single member of the church. When there is offense, it affects the anointing. Listen, on the individuals and it can affect an entire church. That's why you have to deal with it. God didn't make you a minister for you to show up on first Sunday with your collar. 
for you to walk in here and grab a front row seat. You've been invited to war, baby. You wear that collar as a reminder to everybody in the natural. I'm power packed. I'm mantled up. My mind is right. I got my warfare together. I got peace upon my feet. I got the belt breastplate. I got the belt of truth. I got the word of God. I got the sword and I also have the shield of faith. When you walk with that on, it's just telling everybody else what you should already know. You don't have a right to get a collar and not want to deal with unruly people. Because if you can't deal with people, you cannot be trusted to deal with spirits. You're a wimp and you ain't ready for the collar. There's no honor in you wearing the collar. It's a fashion for you. It's a form for you. You don't understand that this is your tattoo. You've been marked because you've been bought with a price. And it is your job to use the sword and the shield to protect God's church, God's people. The spirit of offense has taken hold of marriages, families, churches, and even workplaces. You can feel it when you go in there. I was out looking at houses yesterday with Misha because I have a Karen in my neighborhood. And I'm like, before the Howards be on the news, we're going to try to do the right thing. And we're going to try to slide up out of this place because Bernard don't deal well with conversation. Bernard is a physical human being. And the other day, he's out there arguing with the Karen's wife. And I'm inside, and I said, Suzanne, get up and go outside. Bernard is not a communicator through spoken word. You got to get outside. I get outside, and the next thing you know, we're both telling the lady off. And the lady's there, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what you're talking about. We're going off. I said, Bernard, there's a spirit of offense in this place. And I said, before we leave up out of this place, this place gonna be delivered. It's gonna be delivered. Cause there's some things that are in this village we live in that wasn't here before. Somebody moved in and brought a spirit of offense with them and their whining and bitterness and complaining has become contagious on other people. The Bible says them silly women, the one that sit around and you can tell anything to. You can have a little tea in your living room and they just buy into any conversation. You ever meet somebody who's mad at somebody else and they don't know why? Well, what'd they do to you? It's not about that. Well, what they say, it's not about that. So-and-so told me that they, so-and-so told you what? So-and-so put their manure on you, and now you carrying their manure for them while they sit back and watch you make a fool out of yourself trying to handle an argument that you have no facts on. That's why the eight toxic ways to think talks about everything being a catastrophe to you. You have a toxic mindset. When you think that everything is about you and you got to generalize everything, when you can go about assuming situations and not getting a fact, somebody is spinning you like a top, baby. The psychology, the mindset behind this offense is emotional turmoil. I am convinced that all the enemy has to do is mess with our emotions. And he just makes us robots to do whatever he, he don't have to even touch our physical bodies. Because he had touched Job's body and Job was still in the fight. It was beginning when his wife came to him. 
and told him just curse God and die and hit his emotions that my wife isn't even supporting me my wife doesn't even believe in the relationship I have with God it was when the emotions came yesterday when we were talking on our recovery group we talked about how Satan was gaslighting in the garden of Eden way back then he was trying to convince Eve that what she had known to be true was not true that's what people who are dealing with offense is. They gaslight. They're trying to convince you that you got a problem with a person, a place, or a thing that you don't even have a problem with. Gaslighting you. The same thing. Nothing new under the sun. It's an emotional turmoil is what the, the psychology. See, when you, when you travel in the realm of the spirit with the Holy Spirit, you realize that the enemy understands the things of the spirit. But where the enemy has a lot of us beat is he understands the natural realm. And he understands it is a psychology to the realm of the spirit. And if he could mess with you psychologically, he can take you off spiritually. You can be out of God's camp and not even know you are out of provision. You are out of protection. You are no longer in the will of God because you picked up your own battle in your own fight. Now you are living in emotional turmoil, unhealthy, and an unproductive road of emotional turmoil. Anybody know what emotional turmoil is? That's just not having a, a bad day. Emotional turmoil means I'm being harassed. I've been hijacked by a thought. You ever lay in bed about something? It took me three days to shake that Karen. I was in the bed. It was like emotional turmoil. And I said, God, what do you want to do here? Because I know what's behind this situation here. And God began to minister to me. He says, I can't have your heart like that. I can't have your heart like that. Where I'm taking you, where we going to go, I can't have your heart like that. I know what they're doing and I know know that they're wrong and you know I'm going to deal with those who touch my anointed and try to do my prophet some harm but I got to deal with you Suzanne I need you to keep your heart right I need you to keep your heart open you can't bring in no prejudices even though you know it's true you can't bring in hatred in your heart because what I need you to pour out from my beard is going to come down on you and it's going to come down on the entire congregation now do you want that spirit of offense in the body that I have died for, bled for, now I've put you over this particular body. And everything that comes to your anointing is gonna come through the people. Then I started, all right, you got my attention a little bit, keep talking. I needed to hear some more. Come on, somebody. Because when you have an unproductive road ahead of you, and emotional turmoil is running you, guess what is in control now? Pride is in control. Now it's for pride's sake. I couldn't remember the term we used to say back in the day. We used to say something like, um, just on the happenstance of, was it PI? Principle or something? Come on, that's GP. That's it right there. I've been trying to get that three days. On the principle of GP, you know, meaning that I'm just right. So because I'm right, it doesn't matter about the situation. Now you have to be careful because now a spirit of control and a spirit of pride is trying to tie itself to you. Those three in operation together are a deadly trio. There's a pathology behind it as well. Because deliverance is hard for the offended and usually requires spending a lot of time, and most people don't want to do it, 
just putting that individual's flesh under subjection because when pride has made its landing nothing but flesh is now seen from this person everything they say clinging sounding brass everything they do clinging sounding brass when they sing when they pray clinging sounding brass and some people say oh that song sounds so good but those that have an ear to hear like I heard clinging sounding brass I didn't hear any love coming through that anointing because there's no unity in the person's mind in their will or in their soul so deliverance is hard for this individual because their flesh has now made its landing and you need God to divinely intervene and through this intervention with God with the Holy Spirit your prayer has to be important it has to be strategic it has to be direct because you have to get this intoxicated individual to receive correction and insight and one of the ways to do it is through prophetic revelation that's why a church without a prophet is in trouble you need prophets that can confront this spirit. The pastor can counsel them later, but we need the prophetic offense to offend that spirit. So that moment can have a person can have a moment of consciousness and soberness and be in a state of sobriety while you deal with them because they can't hear you counseling to them when pride is forever speaking woe is me this is what they did to me this is what happened to me this is how I feel this is how I think it should be I've got others that agree with me that, that, that pride has made a landing and you need the prophet who's not afraid to be offended because the prophet lives in constant offense the enemy hates prophets that's why the church of Jesus Christ has tried to silence the prophetic the apostolic and the apostles voice they were killed off once before and they're trying to kill that voice off again you don't need a prophet offense is difficult to identify it's difficult to identify for the person carrying it because pride will keep us from exposing the offense in our life you ever sit with someone and say I don't understand how you can't see it I don't understand how you can't hear it I don't understand how you feel that it is okay to continue on this way. And it's the offense that has taken over them. So pride and being in control is now in control. It's hard to deal with. Because you know what pride whispers to the offender? Pride whispers, we are always right. And we don't have offense in our life. It's them. That's pride. It's always them. Even in a situation where someone else is wrong, you can still find your wrong if you serve in the true and living God. Entitlement. The person with offense feels they are owed something. And no matter how much they are paid back, repaid, and apologized, there is always a new offense that is coming up because they have been convinced. And I'll peep it, this could be from childhood. And they've gone from relationship to relationship, from family to family, from job to job, church to church, carrying this entitlement that came out of offense that's rooted in pride and control. See, love will cover it, 
but a prophet need to break it. You need somebody to confront it, somebody to destroy it. I can cover you with my love, but while I'm covering you, can I get a prophet in the house to open up the blinded eyes, to open up the drunken ears? Can I get a prophet in the house to subdue the spirit that believes that they have done nothing wrong? Pride is often a learned behavior. Write it down. Pride is often a learned behavior. You saw this somewhere. You learned that you can manipulate people with this. You saw how it worked. And now every time you can't have your way, your childlike tantrum that's now 40 and 50 and 60 years old shows up in your life. And people don't want to deal with your child OG tantrums. So people just begin to loose you and let you go. And you are an ever-evolving ball of slime. And you just go and just take victims everywhere you go until somebody's brave enough to be like David and say, I got three stones and a slingshot and I'm ready to take this spirit of offense out. Because you have to understand that the spirit of offense can destroy an entire ministry. It can destroy your marriage. The children... My God, how many people are not here on this earth because of offense? How many children are not covered by their mother and their father because there was an offense? And now the children are being left with anyone to care for them. They got DCF involved and they telling you where your kids could live and now your kids being touched and now your kids are wondering what sexuality they are. All because nobody wanted to deal with offense. Pride is a learned behavior. And it can usually come about in childhood by not receiving validation from a parent. See how dangerous this is? Or neither feeling as though you can make someone love you. Validation. So in childhood, from parents, as we get older in relationships or friendships, and you feel as though you cannot make anyone happy. People with offense feel they have been treated unfairly. Come on, y'all know somebody. They're coming to your mind right now. Just begin in your seat to make intercession for them. God didn't bring this by no happenstance. So I was talking to someone this morning, and they said, what's the title for today? I said, offense. They said, you're talking about me and my situation? I said, I'm giving you the title for today. I know the spirit is in the house. I know the spirit is trying to disrupt and cause disunity and take the power that is in this house that runs from God's beard from Aaron all the way down upon us. We will not stand victim to the spirit of offense. I fought this spirit before and I won, but it's exhausting. And, and what's, so, what's so heartbreaking about this spirit is the lives that it takes with it. Y'all ever see that movie in the old days? I'm calling my OGs again. And that little ball start rolling down the street and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's when we ain't have green screens and all the stuff y'all have nowadays. Y'all remember, what was the name of that? 
the blob looks into the OG. See, they have a history. There's somewhere they've been that we haven't been. And this big blob of confusion and chaos and disunity, this peace-stealing blob just rolls into churches and offices and towns and just stirs up offense within its people. It's got black people hating white people and white people killing black people. It got Spanish not liking Mexican. It got Chinese not liking Japanese. It's such a of offense and as Christians not liking Christians it's a big blob and it just rolls in and it sucks up anybody who would give this spirit an ear to listen to it it's a learned behavior and it's because you didn't get validation from your parents and a lot of the world today has mother problems and I'm told that even though father is the strength of the family Mother is the backbone of the family. And where there's mother issues, there is more issues in that child that grows into that adult than it is for a man to leave the house. He's needed and necessary in some ways more than we'll ever know. But when mom is out of place, the nurturing, the psychology of that child grows with that child forever. And now they have psychological problems and they have mental health issues and that becomes a part of who they are and a part of who their legacy is. Ma, I need you to be balanced, Ma, because my lifeline is upon you, Ma. Dad can iron out. Dad can nurture it out. Dad can give me strength and boldness and confidence. But, Mom, you control my psyche. I need you not to disrupt my psyche, Mom. A common complaint among the offended is I wasn't valued. In a few minutes of conversation with them, you can begin to find out that the devalued situation didn't happen with you or the issue that they're having problems with now. The devaluing came up much earlier in their life. So they now wear spectacles that they are able to see devaluation of themselves in every situation they are in before they are able to see an appreciation for themselves. How come you didn't notice that I did this? How come you didn't notice that the church did this? How come you didn't notice that the family did this? How come you didn't notice that you were called here? How come you didn't notice that you were honored and valued here? But you have a list. Psychologically, it's been taught to us that our minds are set to remember the bad over the good. So you can remember one bad situation in 20 years and not remember one good situation in one month. See, the church ain't ready for what's going on today. People get hurt and build up resentment and bitterness. The world has taught us to demand respect, but the Bible has taught us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will come on, exalt us. We ought to humble ourselves and serve with love. When offended, we cannot hear the quietness of the Lord's voice. And they have begun to hear the stranger's voice. And the stranger is showing up as a God. And they'll prophesy from the stranger's voice. They'll make life changes from the stranger's voice. And they'll swear it is the Lord Jesus Christ's voice speaking to them. Because they're intoxicated. What has God said about offenses? Besides the fact that he took the time to make sure that it was inspired, inscribed in his word 25 times 
in your King James Version, the Bible says a brother offended, which means Pasha, is harder to be one than a strong city. Is that amazing? And their contentions are like the bars of a castle. Again, that was Proverbs 18 and 19. In Hebrew, is Pasha, which is a root word. What is it a root word of? To break away. That's what this spirit wants to do. It wants to call it disunity. It wants a breaking away. It also means to trespass. This spirit wants to trespass into what God has ordained, what God has made happen, what God has blessed. This spirit is an apostasy. It's an apostasy. There shouldn't be apostles and prophets or anyone in God's kingdom operating from a controlling, offended position because they are an apostasy. They are trespassing on what God has given them the authority to deal with. They are very quarrelsome in Hebrew. They offend, they rebel, they revolt, and they transgress. Pasha. And then the scripture says, many will be offended which comes from the word in the Greek now. We dealt with Hebrew, we're gonna deal with the Greek. I'm almost there. The Greek word is scandalizo. Anybody wanna guess what we get from that word? Oh, how many of y'all be watching Scandal at night? Y'all get your whole church leadership off of Scandal. You discern how to deal with your husband off of Scandal. The Greek word to scandalize, it means you shall betray one another. You don't have to be deep to know that the titles of some of these shows is the prophecy that's over some of these shows and you shouldn't be entitled, entangled, enwrapped in, engulfed in, infused in, even curious about what is scandal. You want scandal in your life? Welcome to it. To entrap. It also means to trip up. To cause someone to stumble, to entice to sin, apostasy, displeasure. I'm made, this is the spirit that's operating in whomever, made to offend. It has a purpose and it's very strategic on its purpose. This is where I end. How can you assist with those caught up in offense. Hard as it may be, this is the hardest weapon that God has ever given us. First, you have to love them. You cannot minister to somebody you don't love. And I don't need to love you intimately, but I need to love you through the God that is on the inside of me. I need to have enough love for your soul. I need to have enough love for your future. I need to have enough love for you to know that God has a plan for your life. Even though I can't stand you, you started so much trouble. You are such a nasty individual. God's love in me has to raise up so I can cover you. Because if I can't love you to cover you, then the enemy can come in and snatch you up out of this place. We must love them. You can't minister if you don't love. That's why a lot of ministries aren't powerful. There's no anointing. There's no ointment falling. You've been waiting for your turn, but there's no love. 
I'm not bragging. If I was, I would tell you because Apostle Paul said we can brag in Christ. I'm not bragging. But I keep before me a standard of the musicians that come in this church. And I've told those in this church, I don't care if they can hit one drum thing. Boom, 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 boom. They got to have Christ on the inside of them. I started this ministry standing at the door of the open hearth in my robe, passing out the three pages of songs that we were going to sing today. The Holy Ghost showed up. The anointing fell. We got testimonies of breast cancer being healed. Brothers' records being turned on them. DCF records being dropped on them. Child support showing the last 14 kids wasn't the daddy. We had a whole lot of stuff going on up in that place. Because when the anointing come together, there's unity. It's not on your big show and your light screen and the talent and how many albums they got. I need the anointing to come in the house. I need the anointing that breaks the yoke. I need men that love one another. When you look at the unity over there, you see the love with John Paul. You see the love with Cam. You see the love with Ty. You see the love with Stefan. There's a dwelling of unity over there. There's going to be Sundays that they're going to play and we're not going to be able to keep up with them because there's an anointing of unity in this section. We must have love. And something has happened in the black church where we think we can operate without love. We're so broken and dysfunction that we make excuses. I can love you, but I don't have to like you. How can you like something and not love something? We're making so many excuses for if God is on the inside of you and you can wake up every morning and love your wicked self, it should be nothing for you to love your brother or your sister. Then we got the Caucasian church. That's everything's love. You feel like you're out Woodstock somewhere. No correction. No order. No protocol. Just love, love, love. No, we need the prophets to help rise up. Save the souls in this generation. We need the older people in the church to be a capital for this generation. It takes a fivefold and more to get the harvest that Jesus Christ has intended for us to get. But we can't do anything of it without love I gotta love you some reason God love you I don't know why I watch you every day and don't know why the Lord loves you I watch you every day to see if you breathing in the morning man Lord love you again he woke you up again I go outside and I see them walking their dogs. Man, the Lord even love you. You don't even go to church. You don't even have to call on his name. And the Lord woke you up because he loved you. I don't want that job. But I need him to operate in me. Because I need the strength to love. I need the power to see lives transformed like he preordained for us to do. I need the strength to minister to his harvest like he intended it for us to do. I remember years ago we was talking and Reverend Bonner brought it up over the weekend and Bernardo never I said anything to him. We were talking about how if somebody used to mess with coming to church, can you minister to him? 
And I said, I told Bernard this a long time ago. I would have no problem ministering to your baby mother or anybody else because my ministry is through Jesus Christ. Suzanne tried to commit suicide, but it was God's will that I woke up a few hours later, heard the birds chirping. So for me, that marked my death. <laughs> I was resurrected in Christ. I know my Redeemer lives because I know he lives through me. I know he can love through me. He can have his way through me, and I can certainly love my brother and my sister through his love. There's a harvest we're supposed to get and we're too personal about it. Can you minister to somebody you mad at? Can you minister to somebody you don't agree with? Can you minister to someone that hates your God? Can you minister to someone who gossiped about you? And I'm talking about real gossip. Made videos about you. Every church they went to you got phone calls because they were going church to church trying to scandalize your name. Can you love them? What's the date of your death? And when did Christ resurrect in you? Because there is no ministry without love. What do you do after you decide to love them? You got to set healthy boundaries with them. You cannot operate now solely out of love because love would have you taking phone calls at ungodly hours of the night. It would have them ruling your day, interrupting your dinner. Because remember, this spirit needs to cause disunity in your house. It needs to break the peace that is in your house. So it's going to make you feel bad. I could have died. Well, Jesus Christ died for your sins and you will be in heaven with the Father. Because they want to manipulate you. They need to take your peace. Because the spirit that is ruling them, that pride is telling them they do not have, you are not dealing with the individual anymore. When I deal with clients whose parents were on drugs and they were on drugs the whole time they were raising up, I say, do you understand that that was not your parents? That was the addiction that you dealt with every day for 20 and 30 years. Get to know your parents. They're clean now. They're sober now. Get to know them. They're not who they used to be. That's what you have to do when you're dealing with people of offense. The Bible says they are drunk with pride. They're not sober. There's no sobriety in them. So they struggle to hear. So yes, we have to love them first. But after love comes boundaries. I cannot allow you to say this. I cannot allow you to do this. I can't allow you to handle this. I can't allow you to speak that. You have to set boundaries up. Where I begin and end and where you begin and end. We need to be clear about that. Because that spirit would like to hop. And it's like to come over and take over your mind. And all of a sudden, you had a problem with me a couple of years ago. And now that problem is back like it just happened. And, you know, apostle did do me wrong one time, too. And the elders did me wrong. I remember that usher at the door, the nasty ushers. They so mean. They just want to keep order in the church. They don't care about nobody's soul. They start bringing up stuff that you didn't even know was in you. And immediately you are intoxicated by that same spirit that wants to scandalize. This is all against God. This person needs a good mentor, a good leader who will speak the truth in love and give the person practical and sound scriptural advice, scriptural examples, scriptural instructions and how to walk out their past hurt and pain. You are ministering to their offense today, but that is not where they're coming from. 
They're dealing with yesterday's hurt and yesterday's pain. You've got to be able to minister to that thing. That's why the prophetic edge and being a prophet helps in counseling. Because you don't have to wait 20 years for somebody to tell you. God begins to give you the prophetic vision, the prophetic word for them. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, wait a minute. There was a dog, and I, there was a shed, and you were back there playing by the shed. What does all this mean to you? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? No memory of it. And then they'll call me a week or two later and said, that's the day. That's what happened to me. I wasn't there but the ancient of days, the father, Yeshua, Messiah was there and he will speak to his people. He doesn't have to speak to a Long Island medium, a necromancer, a palm reader. God will speak and if you're not prophetic, he will drop the prophetic in you to minister to that soul for him. You can move in the prophetic edge just because you're after a soul for God. What profits you to be, uh-huh, all over flyers flying and preaching in some of the biggest churches what profits you what profits you someone said to me the other day why don't you go back and get your PhD I said I thought about it and I couldn't come up with one reason why I needed it I said I know y'all watching me and you hate that I move the way I move in my ignorances I know you hate it and I know your leaders are asking oh she doesn't have a PhD how is she moving like that I said ask your leaders how I have three clients two of them have PhDs and one of them is a medical doctor and I am their solutionist coach every week and they told me that I charge too little. Their tips is bigger than my services is. You can't outdo the anointing, Benji. If you got an education and an anointing, hallelujah. Unstoppable. But if you have an anointing of God, God will open up the pages of books to you that you've never read in your life. The ancient of days will show up and read somebody's soul to you and you never met that person a day in your life. I said, I know all of y'all who watch me look for a reason to defame me. But if you haven't learned yet, you can't stop me. It's the ever-living God on the inside of me. It's the Alpha and the Omega on the inside of me. He's the beginning and the end of me. And after me, there'll be hundreds more that will rise up to help people with their soul issues because your degree got you stuck in a textbook of what you can and cannot do. But I can move by the power of his might and by the power of his spirit. I see deliverance. And if I could only get people to tell y'all some of their stories, about what happens in a simple little church office room that they've been bound up with for years. I encourage education. I absolutely do. But I sought the Lord. And he told me, I'm using you at 54 years of age just the way you are. And if you decide to go back to school, this is what he said. If you decide to go back to school, 
Make sure you're doing it because you want more information and education. Don't do it for a paper. Don't do it for nobody else. Because when you graduate and you pay them loans, I want you to feel me in those things. I don't want you to do it because you owe Connecticut an answer why they call you Dr. Suzanne Howard. They call me Dr. Suzanne Howard because the doctor of doctors is on the inside of me. They call me the doctor because the king of kings is on the inside of me. They call me the doctor because his blood is on the inside of me and his blood causes the dialysis in people who've been in therapy many years of their life. Took me years to embrace that booker. Took me years. I hate every time y'all say Dr. Suzanne Howard. I hate it. And God said, I need you to be good with who I made you. Now there's some that I'm sending. There's some I'm going to give scholarships to. He said, but I'm going to leave it up to you. It's your choice. But if you go, these are the reasons. And I don't need you to go. And I looked up, Minister Jerry, some of them fees. <laughs> I looked at some of these bills. I'm like, do I want a student loan till I'm dead? I'm 54. I ain't in my 20s. So I just have to decide if I want to or not. I said to this individual, I said, I make enough money doing it if it's about money. I help more people. <laughs> I help more people than the size of my church. <laughs> That's how crazy my schedule is. What would be the purpose? I said, do you need to bring this message back to your leader? Because if so, let me tell them that Elijah sent me. <laughs> and I ain't running from no Jezebel. I know my limits. That's the one thing I like about coaching, y'all. I know my limits. And I love my boundaries. I now have a network of psychiatrists and counselors and therapists that I work with. And we tag team, we make a village, a community for that person's life of health for them. I'm able to make sure they meet their goals, they stay accountable to what the therapists give them, even to the point of taking their medication. Isn't that amazing what God can do? This is not a message against education. Everyone, I, I pushed all the young ones. I pushed anyone who wants to go back for education. Don't lose the message by hearing it in your flesh. You need an anointing. Add it to your education if you want to do the work of the Lord. Because God didn't say in his word, it's your education that breaks the yoke. He didn't even say it's your intelligence that breaks you. I could that 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 and can't even talk and break yokes everywhere I go. I can have an anointing that's behind my back that heal people I never ever met. It's an anointing that the church needs back on our life. God gave me a choice. Sorry if he didn't give some of y'all some. <laughs> Kevin's in the house. Let me end it here because this is where I'm done prophets. Matter of fact, prophets, stand up and come up here. We're getting ready to launch our prophetic teams in the church. In about four weeks or so, you're going to see a sign up in the back. And probably to start, we're going to start on Sunday mornings. It's going to be like prophetic Sunday school. And you're going to come in here an hour or so before service. And we're going to begin to open you up in your prophetic gift. Not activating you, 
You're just dormant. Some of you are just interested in the prophetic. Some of you have a prophetic mantle that's on you. Some of you are prophets. All are welcome into the training because this house has to be guarded because it is a house for souls. Because God has called your apostle to be an apostle of souls. We have to have the prophetic mantle in this church 24-7. So instead of when you minister to these people, and instead of, or you have to be ministered to yourself, to have an ear to hear for yourself, that you need practical scriptural examples, instructions. You have to teach people how to walk out their past hurts and their pains. Stop always trying to give somebody the answer. See, that's the, the teacher of the fivefold. The teachers want the answer. The prophet's not concerned with the answer. Instruct them in question form by making suggestions of what they could think, what they could take to prayer, and let the Holy Spirit minister the truth to them. By working with them and not against them, you can lead them to a place of receiving exactly what they are seeking. Can you believe that this offended individuals really are seeking love and value. And we chase them out, we, we dog them out, we make no place for them in the church. Where are they to go? They want love and value. And guess what the bottom line is for them? They wanna be used by God. So I want everyone who's in our audience here today, in this congregation, if you have a desire for the prophetic, I just want you to stand up. I want you to put oil on yourself. We're going to have a camp of prophets. Before we church plant, the prophets are going to go into that land and they're going to prophesy into that land and they're going to speak into the land and we're going to call souls in from the land before a building is even taken up with a lease. Now everyone that's in here that is interested in the prophetic, you believe you have the prophet's eye or the prophet's ear or you believe that you hear from God and, and maybe dreams or words or some kind of vision that you get from God. And maybe that's who you are, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. I want you to just begin to walk through the front of this church. <clears throat> just make a, a little breeze, a little drive-by I call it, through the front of this church. And I want you to walk through what God has steered up in here today. Because first and foremost, if the offense is on you, we claim that it shall be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Prophets, are you a led to anyone? You have freedom and access to move right now. For those that feel that they are called to the prophetic, I want you to just breeze through this place. I want you to ask God to begin to show you things even as you walk through this place right now. Hallelujah. I am an apostle with a prophetic gift. If I be not an apostle standing in the prophetic, you will not hear anything or see anything as you walk through this area. And I want to hear it. Tell me a color or a word or an article, something that you saw when you walked through this area. Because God is already igniting the fire that is upon you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. There will be a governance in this place. There will be an order in this place. There will be protocol in this place, but the prophetic will move in this place. The minstrels will move under the prophetic. The prophetic order will be in this house. We are going to train the prophetic types. What are we training you in? To know in the scriptures that stand for the prophetic and what do they mean? What is the equipping part of this? To equip you with the confidence to move into what has been dormant inside of your life. God is wanting to move. He's wanting to move. Danielle, he's wanting to move. He's wanting to move. He's moving so much out of your life, Danielle. If you don't want him to come blowing more away, you got to go ahead and give him a bend of surrender in your prayer time because he is calling he is calling he's pulling on you I just see such a heaviness of God upon you that it's like I see bushes and shrubs and I just see him just knocking and stomping things away that are in your life he is not playing with the rest of your life he said you are his <laughs> he owns you he's given you enough time to come reasonably and now God has raised up his will and his standard over your life and I see you in such a prostrate of surrender and bend because he's calling you in to a deeper level in him it's, it's for a reason Danielle it's for a reason it's for a reason it's for a reason go ahead and let it go 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 you don't owe anybody any kind of toughness go ahead and let it go go ahead and let it go let it go come on come on come on it's right there it's right there baby let it go let it go oh Jesus come on it's coming out of your mouth this ain't in a fall. This is coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, Candy. Come on, Candy. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Come on, you found all the excuses on the pages. And God said, this next page you about to turn, there's no excuses on it. It's blank. He said, are you and I going to write this thing? Or what are we going to do? He said, I need you to get all that worked out while you continue in me. You can't sit and dung when I have a call upon your life. I need you to move. 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 I need you to move, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for coming out of the booth. Thank you for coming out of the booth. Thank you for coming out of the booth. Come on, Tasha. Come on, Tasha. Hallelujah. 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 The boldness is coming. You keep asking for the boldness and the confidence. It's coming. But it's going to be used when you're being used. Not just in works. When, he, you, when you are truly on an assignment or in a willful moment of his, you're going to know it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right now. Hallelujah. I already know it and believe it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, prophets. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, God. Yes, God. Somebody help her get a yes, God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep.
Thank you, Jesus. 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 Ah, ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the mighty man to step up. We thank you for the great encourager, the great optimist to stand up. I thank you, Lord, as he begins starting today, feeling this discomfort in his soul, God, that it will be the mantle of the prophetic that is opening up in his life, God, that it's going to open him up to see things he hasn't seen, God, and he's going to wonder where the great optimist is, and he will find him. He's still there because it's the prophetic and the pastor that is gifted and dominant upon your life. So you're going to have the heart to love and you're going to have the counselor, the healing anointing that comes through the prophetic to divide asunder everything that is not of God. I speak and I blow this into your life today, man of God. Prophetic has been there as you already know, but I mean strongly in the last few years the prophetic has been there and God has set you up in a wonderful and sweet way so that you can minister to those that have crossed your paths and even those that have crossed paths prior God is bringing them back around again in Jesus name amen amen thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord hallelujah it's what you've been waiting for it's what you've been waiting for this is where things start to make sense for you this is where the commas come in and the periods are now set at the end of each thing that is from God, each assignment. I just see provision for you that you haven't been granted before through your obedience to this call that he's placed on you. God just continually has the spirit of God just continually ringing in my ear that it all is about to make sense to you, declares the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all the promises. We thank you for all the work that has been done, Father, outside of the church for years. The lives that have been spoken into and the lives that have been changed and the conversations that are different because they encountered him on the road. Father, I thank you for those who had a turnaround in their life, changed their mind about certain situations that they were facing just because they had an encounter with this man. They either ran into him in the business of the hotel or they ran into him on the streets of the marketplace but God I thank you for the encounter line him up according to your will and into your way father give him your law father that it may be hid in his heart that he may meditate on the law of the prophets and understand the preciousness of the protocol the preciousness of the order oh God so that the manifestation can begin to happen right before his eyes not just for his own life for those that you have ordained for him to encounter in Jesus name amen Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 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 Yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. 
if you need them, there's hand sanitizer pumps in the back. There's hand sanitizers all over the place. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I invoke, Father, the spirit of wisdom and soundness of mind in this place. Father, I speak for all of those that are going for higher education, that are able to take your anointing into levels and realms. Many of us will not be able to enter in tables that they'll be able to sit at, God. I pray, Father, for scholarships to come. I pray for means and ways of money to come, Father, so they're not indebted as they take your presence, as they take your spirit, as they take your word, as they take your law, Father, into these realms and into these institutions, Father, that you haven't called all of us into. I pray, God, that they not be indebted, God. I pray, God, that their works will be manifest in everything that they do, that you, Father, might get the glory out of their life. I pray for debt decrease, and I pray for acid increase in the name of Jesus. If that's for you, just lift your hands and give them glory. Just lift your hands and give them glory. Come on, lift your hands and give them glory. Lift your hands. You are not shamed for having an education. You are bringing God in places that he desires to go in you. You're going to meet people. You're going to be in institutions of some of the finest minds. And God wants to be in that place. Lift your hand for that debt increase and that acid increase in the name of Jesus. Come on, it's for you. It's for you. Come on, it's for you. Come on, it's for you. I see you. I see you. It's for you. It's for you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, as we leave this place, but never your presence, I pray for the spirit of the living God to rest and rule upon us from this day and forevermore. Give us traveling mercies to the places we travel to today. Continue to let your spirit move in this room through intercession, through healing, through deliverance, God. We pray for the Levites. We pray for the psalmist, God. We pray for an anointing to be upon this house, God. We pray for those, Father, that are in the field of psychology, sociology. Father, we pray for those, God, that they will go in with such an anointing that they will be marked like the prophets of Daniel compared to the people of Babylon, oh God. We pray this prayer over each and every one now, God, because it is your will individually for our lives that we must obey and submit to. And we call it an honor and a privilege, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, amen. Come on, amen. If you'd like to sow a seed, just come out, run. Just bring your seed and run. Hallelujah. I thank you for everyone that was in here today, all those that are live streaming with us. Be with us. We go higher and higher. If you're interested, being a part of the prophetic teams that we're going to have in the Apostles' House and you're not in this region, c contact us online on our website, www.theapostleshouse.net. We can get you into those meetings. If you are local and you'd like to come into these meetings, you are invited in locally. I would ask that you have your pastor's blessing and come in and let God begin to do in you what can be done only by him that you may even be able to bring back to your church your local outpost of fellowship so that healing and deliverance and you can move in order under your set leader. Come on, this is the house of prayer. They prophesied it already today. God is moving. Come on, God is moving. Thank you, Lord. Come on, come on. God is moving. Come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I don't think y'all ready for the shift. 
I don't think y'all ready for the shift. Come on, we caught up right now, I see. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. All right, those at the altar can continue working. The rest of you all are dismissed with the blood covering of Jesus Christ. God bless you. <laughs>